Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we are live. Indeed. And you know what that means. Wednesday night means welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. My name is Evan, representing the very, very busy Blues of the Chelsea Football Club. This is Aaron, representing the Honorable Red Devils, who finished in the top four Indeed. of the EPL this year. And I know that you are extremely happy about that, my friend. Um, yep, we, yep, we, yep. we do have a little bit of news to talk about tonight as mm -hmm. far as soccer is concerned, but we also have some some global things going yes, on. You know? So so I'm ready to dive in. First of all, right on. dude, um, you you know I've uh, uh, you know, had some had some stuff going on and things like that, but I feel like I've you know come out on the the right end of it and everything, and um, you know I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Well, good, happy I'm, to be here. Tonight, I'm man. glad glad to hear that, and uh, yeah, not a ton going on with uh, our clubs just yet with regard to the transfer market. Um, if we start with United, because there's even less to talk about there. Um, the you know it looks like the Sheikh uh, Mansour, no, not Sheikh Mansour, Sheikh Jassim, mm -hmm. Sheikh Mansour's. One of the other potential yes. owners of football clubs in the world, I believe that's City. Uh, but uh, Sheikh Jassim seems to have taken the lead in um, the attempt to buy out uh, the Glazers. Um, it sounds like it would happen, like they would leave immediately rather than sticking around for a couple years, like like uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe's proposal or his bid was. Um, so, before you get mm -hmm. into that, I have a question for you. Like, what do you think? Like. For years, people have been clamoring for the Glazers to get the hell mm -hmm. out, right? They've, they've just been like, get out of here. You guys don't understand, blah, blah, Do people, Do people understand what they may be getting as far as if they switch? Yeah, uh, you know, there there is some concern about having this sort of uh, almost state-owned, you know, pu publicly funded... Uh, uh, kind of thing here, which is a weird way to put it when we're talking about billions of dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, from a personal level, I would really prefer uh, Jim Ratcliffe uh, get the bid. He's a lifelong Manchester United fan. He lives in, in England. He, he would probably be in, attending games. Enios has a decent track record uh, of when they get involved with teams. Uh, I believe he owns uh, a club in France um, and a club somewhere else, maybe in a lower British league as well. I'm not quite sure. Um, and I do think there is some concern about the whole sports washing aspect of, of you know, um, a, a Qatari group coming in and doing basically what they've done with Newcastle and Manchester City and things of that nature. Um, I think that's a, a much different type of conversation to be had. Um, yeah. It, you know, yeah. It, it's, it's hard for an American to uh, try to moralize to the rest of the world as to how money uh and, and sports uh right. you know, should should be handled and, yeah you know who who's funding terror and arms dealers and things like that because i'm pretty sure our fingerprints are all over stuff so oh yeah definitely um i would prefer it be ratcliffe just from the standpoint of he's a man you fan uh, but the the bid from uh the other group is slightly better uh from the standpoint of it gets the glazers out right away they're promising direct and you know immediate investment into the training ground into the stadium and as well as the squad um, and that's something that you know i was gonna say you gotta feel a little torn about that it, it's tough you know we, we 
Old Trafford hasn't been improved for almost 20 years now. Uh, the training ground famously is, is just way behind the times, as Cristiano made clear on his way out. And, and you know what? He wasn't the only person who said it. Um, so it wasn't just hit, you know sour grapes from the guy. Uh, you know, we, we need improvements um, in a lot of areas. Um, I think both of these people will do it. How quickly they would manage to get it done, I think, is the, the bigger question mark. I, I just want to see the sale get done because I, I think we're beginning to see this thing lingering on and it's starting to have an impact on our ability to, to convince players to come here, to sign players. You know, I, I don't know what Mason Mount is actually worth. Uh, I know, he, I know yeah. he, you know, like, like any other he comes with, you know, the British tax uh, that you pay, you know, you kind of sure. overpay over sure. for British talent sure. in England. Um, so there's that aspect. I don't really know how he would get used in Manchester United's current lineup. I don't know if Ten Hag is planning to change, you know, formation and strategy a little bit. I I'm thinking it, what we've been doing has been working. Sure, sure. Do you think he's trying to bolster the you know, bench and trying to say, hey, look, you can come off. Now, I'm not saying that you bring Mount off the bench, but... You can't have those, you know, I, I, those cogs that you can put in and be like, okay, we don't even miss a beat, where which I've, is what City does. Yeah, I, I obviously you want to have multiple guys at, at every position, and those guys to not be identical but provide you a certain amount of flexibility and bring slightly different skill sets to the table. So I've seen people uh, plugging in Mount, uh, you know, where uh, Christian Eriksen currently occupies. And again, Eriksen is the wrong side of 30. Sure. Um, he's obviously had health issues. Uh, played great for us this year, but, you know, there probably isn't going to be the kind of life left in those legs for several years to come. And you're going to want to use him, you know, maybe in particular games. And maybe Mount does a lot of the, the, you know, the grunt work over the course of the season. He does well to get forward. He weighs in with goals here and there. Um, feel like, you know, his, t his time has come to an end at Chelsea. He, I, he wants yeah, a way. Right. And, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll get to this in a second, but, you know, him going to a direct rival in Manchester United just seems a, a little strange. And Chelsea have historically not really done that. Sure. But, um, the only other real transfer news we're hearing about is that it sounds like they've reached an impasse uh, with David De Gea with regard to an extension and um, you know trying to get him to take some fewer wages. Remains to be seen if we can get a goalie of that caliber uh, to be able to come in. Obviously, we, we want a, a more ball-playing uh, goalie back there. I think it doesn't need to be a priority right now, but again, if we can't get a contract signed, then he could walk away for free. Sounds like Saudi Arabia's in for him as well. So, um, you know, it might just be in our best interest to go ahead and do it um, and, and take our chances in the market. It's really about it. You know, the whole Harry Kane saga is dragging on. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, I, I don't see Daniel Levy selling Harry Kane to Manchester United. I really don't. No, um, no, no, no. I'd be more inclined to talk about guys that are obviously going to be leaving. Harry Maguire is going to go. Anthony Martial is going to go. Um, Phil Jones has probably already left. Um, you know, there's going to be a handful of players, I, you know, that are definitely walking out that door. Um, you know. McTominay? That's a tough call. Uh, I mean, we are a bit heavy in the midfield, and especially if we land Mount, um, it, you know, begs the question. That said, uh, you know, when Casemiro got himself suspended and um, um, Erickson was hurt, for that period of time, it became very obvious that we do not compete at the same level right. uh, with a tandem of Fred and McTominay right. Right, right. as we do, um, you know, with Casemiro, Erickson, and, and Bruno as our midfield three there. So, but I think McTominay did a decent job. 
you know, playing stopgap whenever, you know. Well, and, and there's the thing. How many guys do you need to be there just to be available? You know, uh, I prefer... Chelsea learned the hard way. I prefer Fred in that role. Uh, I think he brings more energy. I actually think he's got more technical ability that he doesn't often get to show. Okay. Um, you know, he starts next to Casemiro for the Brazilian national team. That probably should count for something. Um, and he seems to be very okay with that role. Um, you know, a, another another area, and we, and we haven't used him like this, which is a bit of a shock to me, but McTominay can play central defense. He plays there for Scotland from time to time, and he okay. played very, very well. I believe he was either at the Euro or the World Cup, I can't remember which. Uh, but he spent a lot of time back there mm -hmm. um, and, and seemed to be able to be okay. So, again, maybe we don't need to go looking for another center back with the guys leaving. We've got Eric Bailly, who's maybe coming back from loan, that, that might be able to be used. Um, for me, it's all about getting a striker in, you know, I, that, that, which is true for so many teams. Yeah. Um, but you're Manchester United. You're getting, you know, back to where you want to be as a club. You have got to bring in a big-name striker. Now, yes. he doesn't necessarily have to be 28 years old and named Harry Kane, but he does need to be proven. We can't mm -hmm. go for some 19-year-old kid and hope he turns into a superstar. We sure. need goals sure. now. Yes. So, yes. Uh, you know, Victor Osman, I, I still I think that's a long shot. Um, been linked with uh, Rasmus Hueland, who, again, I think is maybe a little too young to be taken on that role just yet. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we'll see. And... Um, you know, there's a lot, lot of time left in this window, right, uh, right. and and if we get the sale done, I guarantee you that if it's uh, Sheikh Jassim, that he's going to be dipping into the market the same day. Oh he, yeah, he, he, definitely. He, he will spend some money to make a point. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, it has some sense of cohesion rather than as we transition the bowling. Todd Bowley. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, we kind of touched on it in talking about Manchester United. Yeah. Um, there's some speculation uh, that uh, the PIF groups in Saudi Arabia perhaps have some involvement with Clear Lake, uh, oh, which is the man. sort of ownership consortium that yeah. Todd Bowley is sort of the, the head of. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it, and I don't really fully understand all the ins and outs of it. It, it. If you're not a fan of Chelsea, then you're probably looking at it saying this seems a little bit unfair. I don't think it's quite the same thing as what City's been doing over the years as far as, you know, money off the books and, yeah. and, and things of that nature. Yeah. I don't think it's quite that sketchy. Uh, but, again, when you're coming in as a new owner in a place like like the Premier League, a lot of spotlight, and you've just gone through what you've had to with Roman and the Russian yes. stuff and, yes. and all that, I don't think you want to give any semblance of impropriety. So what do you think about that, and what do you think yeah. about, you know, the players that have been linked with, with, with leaving, the players that are linked with teams, other teams in the Premier League with, you know, Kovacic and Havertz, not just Mount, but there's, right. there's two more guys that so, are being considered to go to rival teams. Well, I don't think they're considered. I think it's a done deal. I think Kovacic is at Man City, and I think that Havertz is going to Arsenal, which mm. is just absolutely – I mean, I, I said it in the comment before. I'm like, you know what? I'm not worried about that because in – in a lot of our minds, it's like, okay, yeah, Havertz can take some of the pressure off of Jesus. Mm. Um, Kovacic, I think, can get in there and really provide some really great backup mm. to yeah, I don't think you he's know, starting. the mid you know, and stuff like that. I think he's going to slowly become that super midfield sub. Mm. Um, but it, in my opinion, we're rebuilding. Yeah. And who we gave these people to, I'm like, that's not so bad. 
the Mason Mount thing, I mean, last time I checked, I didn't think it, I, I, you know, me and you offered 40 plus five, you said. Yeah, something like that. And then they offered 50, and they said no. I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do agree with you. I think I think Mount wants out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it would be foolish of us to to keep him. Um, the four players linked with the Saudis as far as um, you know going and, and playing there. Um, N'Golo Conte is already a done deal. He's gone. Mm -hmm. um, but Koulibaly, Edward Mindy, and Hakim Ziyech are also uh, linked with, with these guys. As a Chelsea fan, and I know you said that anybody who's not a Chelsea fan is looking at this going, mm. as a Chelsea fan, I'm like, guys, do we want another Abramovich-type thing going on here mm. in the fact that you have the world's eyes kind of looking at you? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Abramovich is gone because, you know, started a freaking war against Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But the same type of international questioning, like, okay, what's going on here? You know, you linked it to, and rightly so, kind of what City is, you know, has is, is been fighting against mm -hmm. and, and, and things like that. As a Chelsea fan, I don't want that. Right. Todd Bowley, you came in and you spent a whole bunch of money and you tried to do what you thought was right and it turned out mm -hmm. not. Yeah. You need to suck it up and you need to be like, look, we're going to cut our losses. We're going to do it the right way because we have been under a microscope, in my opinion, since this whole thing mm -hmm. came out with Abramovich and him being connected, you know, the oligarchs and all that stuff. We've been under a microscope and... And I don't want that anymore. I don't want right. that kind of cloud over the over the team. Yeah. And all this does is it raises eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, those four players, as much as it hurts me to say, because remember, I thought Koulibaly could be a central figure with Fafana in the backfield. Yeah, I don't um, know what happened there. I, you know, but but nevertheless, I'm okay with them leaving. Hmm. But I'm not okay with with the circumstances in which it yeah. seems like it's happening yeah it just seems it seems wrong mm -hmm. and and i think that that is that's not where we need to go we're rebuilding mm -hmm. i think that what um man you did uh when they transitioned to ten hog and, and everything like that they they really kept man you man you mm -hmm. i feel like chelsea is getting a favor Potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially getting a favor to unload all these guys. When mm -hmm. when these guys can be unloaded, maybe for a little less, but they mm -hmm. can be unloaded. Yeah. You know, I, I think, and, and I'll end on this, I think, you know, um, Rebecca from Ted Lasso said it best. When is enough? You know, how much money is enough? Yeah. It's like you don't need yeah. all this money. Dude, just do it the right way. Well, and I, I've got huge question marks over all these players moving to Saudi Arabia. And I, I, don't be wrong, it, it would be very, very difficult to be in the twilight of your career and have somebody come along and say, yeah. instead of yeah. taking, you know, a, a, a pay cut and, you know, spend a little bit less time, you know, out on the field, we're going to make you the face of this, this league over here and we're going to triple your salary. Um, you know, my hesitation is we saw this happen with China about a decade ago, and we saw a lot of players flee to China. You just and, got through saying Oscar, get, right? Yeah, Oscar for Chelsea is a prime example. I mean, he, he left. The quality of the league was nowhere near the standard it needed to be for him to continue to play at a high enough level to play for his national team. Now, the immediate retort to that is look how well Ronaldo has played um, after, you know, these couple of stints. 
I wouldn't use him as your example. I mean, the, the guy it's is... Cristiano Ronaldo. The, Come on. The guy's made out of something that just about no other athlete that's ever graced this plane. I mean, you, you have to talk about Cristiano on, on, on the same terms as a, a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. I mean, these guys transcend the sport and are so competitive and play at such a high level that... You know, Jordan could have let himself just play pickup basketball for a little bit, and he'd have still been one of the best players on the U.S. men's national team. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't think that is but, – but you're going to start seeing a lot of these guys go. The I don't, I don't think the, the level of professionalism is probably there. Um, and, uh, you know, it's already come out that Cristiano's fallen – a bit foul of the authorities over there uh, for some of his behaviors. Um, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I, I haven't heard yeah, this. He, he made a, a vulgar gesture in a game, which can get you jail time. Uh, Whoa. I don't think he's a big drinker, but he does drink. Um, and, you know, there's pretty strict enforcement about a lot of that in certain places. Uh, I mean, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia is a Wahhabist country. Go look it up. Um, it, it's... I think some of these guys are going to get there, and it's going to be a massive culture shock. I don't, you know, N'Golo Conte is a quiet kind of guy. I don't think he's ever been a big partier off the field or anything like that. But I could see Lukaku maybe getting there and going, uh, hey, what's what's going on? I was having fun in uh, Milan there for Where's a while. Where's my wine? So, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Um, you know, the Saudis are making a big move right now with the whole golf thing and now trying to, you know, buy up all these players. So, um I, I hope a year from now we're having a, a, a different but positive conversation. I do have my doubts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just see the influence of the sport. Here, in my mind, I just formulated this question. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Is the EPL in five or ten years, is it still going to be the cream of the crop, crop league? Yes. In the world. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. You don't think money will like pull people away or? It isn't sustainable. I, I know the Saudis okay. have a okay. ton of money, but I just don't see fans packing 60, 80,000 seat stadiums week in, week out uh, to watch aging footballers. Mm. You know, Ronaldo's a draw in a unique way. Is Romelu Lukaku? Is David De Gea? I mean, if David De Gea plays for a good team, you paid a bunch of money to watch a guy stand around. You did. I mean, that, that's really what you're getting. That's what my students say about Right? <laughs> my tuition goes to this? Are you kidding me? Um, you know, I just I, I don't know how sustainable it is in the long run to be paying guys, you know, well beyond market value. Yeah. Um, and again, if the quality isn't there, you're going to have guys coming back to their national teams going, guys, you don't, you don't want this. We, we, and again, like you said, we already make enough money, right? I mean, what, whatever team buys Harry Kane, the man's going to be on several hundred thousand dollars a week. Oh, yeah. You know? And we saw how it wasn't sustainable in Real Madrid for all the Galacticos and most recently with Gareth Bale. And I don't think Real Madrid's hurting for money. You know, um, but I, I just don't see how a league is going to be, you know, predicated on that kind of 
disparity. Every yeah. team's going to have one guy that's ten times as good as everybody sure. else on the team. Sure. I mean, we saw how well that went in the MLS for for the first few. Right. Years. Right. Right. Well, you know, speaking about different leagues, let's uh, let's divert our attention to um, talking about Chelsea a little bit. Um, there you go. I spent some uh, time in May in Germany, mm. so let's go to the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, Nkunku. Yeah. I like the way this kid looked. Yeah. Christopher Nkunku is uh, from Leipzig. Yep. Um, leading scorer for them, I think, past two years. Yeah, I believe, I believe so. And he led, did he lead the league? Mm, last? That I'm not uh, sure I can't about. remember. But anyway, he was top, one of his top scores. Yes. Half-time shots, just scoring for the two of us. Oh, excellent. We will wait. We will wait. Yep. Our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friends here at Chatham Fishers, Claire and JoJo, will be joining us for the halftime shot. Um, but I'm excited about this kid. Mm. I really am. He has a lot of potential. Um, you know, Claire signed off on him. And it's like, yep, this guy's good. No, he's 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 a nice player, you know. Especially since we have no idea oh. what Pacatino. I we got the whole we, gang we have here. the whole gang here. We got so, Mikey, we got clairvoyance, we got JoJo Beans. There and, we go. Uh, and and uh, what do we? Uh, you know what? Let's just, just a Chatham tap, baby. Chatham tap on Thanks a wonderful summer usual. evening. There you go. You guys are awesome. Slinky. Oh yeah. Oh that hit. Oh that hit. Um, Thank you, JoJo. You know, it, it. This is this is the rub when you 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 have this much change going on all at once, and that is, I know Christopher Unkunku is a good player. I, uh, look, yes. everyone we've talked about tonight are good football players, to a person. Do they fit the strategy? Do they fit fit the formation? Do they fit the character and mindset of of their manager? and the, the system that they want to play, and are they willing to be bad at it for a while until they get good? They have to follow, and I'm because sorry, they've got to follow what Man U did. I mean, Man U said, okay, Eric Ten Hag, here's the deal. These are the guys we have. You do what you need to do with them. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink, can you get rid of Cristiano for well, us? You know, and, and, and he did it. I mean, and to their benefit, he's created a team. Is Mauricio Pochettino a big enough character? I think so. I, I mean, I, I'm genuinely asking yeah, the question because yeah. what I'm saying is I, I, I believe Christopher Nkunku is a, a really nice footballer. I think yeah. Mason Mount's a really good footballer. I've watched them both play quite, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Where are they going to play? What's the system? What are, what, what are they going to be asked to do. Right. If Christopher Nkunku is expected to score 20 goals a season for that's Chelsea, not work out. that's not going to work that's out. Not work out. And, and the real problem is you've tried to platoon that over the last couple of seasons, and it's never really worked. Yeah. You, much like Manchester United and some other clubs, you need a number nine. Yes. You need a true number nine. Yes. Rom has made it clear he's not coming back to play for you. So you're kind of back to square one. And here's the, here's the what's worse is right now you're assuming these transfer deals that we've been talking about go through right now you have one striker and Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling. is only sort of a striker so here's here's what I would do though I think I think Pac he's known at least what he did in Tottenham he's known for having you know that one striker for the most part you know Kane but then he would bring Son and he would bring another sure. person and then he would automatically make this team switch you know pretty much seamlessly to a three-prong attack up mm -hmm. front. I, I could see Chelsea using um, Nkunku and Sterling as that pressure mm -hmm. 
Enzo, Mudrick, um, James. I, I think James and, and Chilwell on the side there, you could bring in. Uh, I mean, there's so many options that you have. I think you could have a really good squad if you can get those front guys to kind of be that kind of fluid attack like Tottenham had when Pocket was there. I really do think that that could happen in Chelsea. And, and, and it is that platooning. Yeah. But it's platooning 2.0. Not to go too deep in the weeds with it, though, but Pac was able to do that because of the kind of striker Harry Kane is. Harry Kane has no problem dropping yeah, 50, 60 Yeah, we are talking about Harry goal. Kane. But, but, he's, but he, the type of striker is he has no issue dropping 56 yards from goal, picking up the ball, and, and being the like sort of the start of the attack, you know, yeah. laying it off to Son to, yeah. to carry and, and run against guys. And then Harry gets himself in the box, and he's there to, to feast on the scraps or get a header from a cross and things like that. Yeah. He's, a, he's a wonderful player player but you don't it's not a lot of strikers i mean cristiano doesn't want to do that right right, right. he didn't like, want he, did, he, didn't, he didn't want to press either he, he very much wanted to be like i will score goals if you put the ball near me. zava right you know whereas you know I, I i don't think they're the same players but i would compare you know harry kane with like a wayne rooney wayne had no problem coming mm. Mm. almost to his detriment you'd see wayne at the edge of his own 18 picking up the ball after like a corner and you'd be, weeds, like, you'd be like dude get the yeah. hell up front so it takes it it takes a special kind of player and a special manager to recognize the player has that skill set and then be able to transform that into the system. Yeah. And you know, we saw last season honestly it just looked like Chelsea never had eleven guys on the same page. Right. Exactly. So exactly. you're gonna spend two months at the beginning of this season feeling that way unfortunately you know i thought about this the other day and it, it's almost like you know when we would play you know backyard football mm -hmm. like there were three or four guys that were like hey i want to be quarterback mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like wait no 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 <laughs> we just need one quarterback right we need the other three of you guys just to fill in spots well no i want to be quarterback and and instead of you know doing the thing they were in their heads like oh i want to be quarterback be quarterback and it's like that is exactly what was going on with chelsea is mm -hmm. that you know as much as um you know, mostly Potter, but Tuchel at the beginning of the season, Potter, you know, as much as they tried to mess around with things, it's like, we said this before, mess around a little bit, mm. but then get your 11 guys. Yeah. And just say, okay, this is it. We're riding with these guys. You know, unless somebody gets a devastating injury or somebody absolutely, you know, screws the pooch, we are riding with these 11. But that never happened. Like, every week it was a different lineup, yep. and it was trying to figure out who can play with who and stuff. And I'm like, it kills it, – it just really kills the momentum of a team. Absolutely. I, 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 I totally agree. And really, we just have to give them time. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know – I, I think it's a good start that there are several players linked with mm -hmm. leaving the club, not because I dislike them, but you need a fresh start. Yeah. With, and, and whoever yes. sticks around, you need to have, you know, Pac needs to walk in and have a conversation and say, this right. is what I want and need from you. This is where I think you fit in this in this squad. And then they get to make other decisions. You know, yes. Do I want to be a part of that kind of thing? Right, right. So I think that there's, you know, once again, Chelsea, I think, is a couple years behind where Man U was. Um, you know, and, and so we'll see. Check your we'll phone. See. Make sure we actually are talking to the audience. Oh, oh, well, it, it, it says live video. Um, watch YouTube live now. Okay. I mean, uh, 
Okay, let's see. I just want to make sure we're actually being heard. Okay, we're on YouTube. Yep, we're, we're good there. Um, Can you hear us? Oh, oh. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. Dude, no. Please. Please. Oh, yes. We're All good. right. We're good. We're good. Woo. See, again, if you'd like to be an intern for uh, the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Woo. Send your resumes. <laughs> To our that that would have been bad. That would have uh, been bad, man. Yeah. We had a lot of good stuff to say. Um, Damn. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I think we've kind of ridden this horse in, into, yes. into the ground yes. here. I mean, both, both of us are really in a hurry up and wait kind yeah. of stage. Um, I, I think we'll see a lot more movement from your club just because there's such a need for a lot of players to leave. We, yeah. need, we need some players to leave as well. Right. But I don't think there's the urgency. You guys I mean, didn't have 500 people on your ho- roster. I mean, Harry Maguire... Is, is not going to be there at the end of the summer. We yeah. don't really need to worry about that. And yeah. and here's the deal. As much as people can't stand the guy, if for some reason we can't get rid of him, as long as he knows he's the backup and your third-choice center back, it, there's a reason Gareth Southgate still trusts the guy. Okay. Yes. He's a decent footballer. He just can't do what's being asked of him a lot of the time at Manchester United because they want to play a high line. Right. Make of that what you will, but... The guy's kept a positive attitude through a lot of shit with his family taking crap, and I can't imagine the abuse he's getting online. So, anyway, that's my little side there. So, uh, let's switch to the red, white, and blue. So, come on now. In spite of just all of the doom and gloom that has been following the U.S. men's national team around. Question marks over who the next manager is going to be. Question yep. marks as to which players are going to be brought into camp. Yep. Why are we prioritizing the Nations League versus the Gold Cup? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have come in and thoroughly just took apart Mexico. Yes. Uh, to the tune of Tres, Tres Acero. Acero. Uh, unfortunately, along the way, we, we lost Weston McKinney and Serginio Dest to red cards. I think they were both kind of silly red cards to be picking up. Yeah. I appreciate Weston's uh, kind of desire to stick up for his teammates and things like that. Uh, but you can you can get into the mix with guys without putting your hands up on guy on somebody yes. else's throat or face. Yes. Uh, and it could have been an accident, but I mean he, he should have known better. Serginho, on the other hand, was just an idiot. That that was that was absolutely stupid to do. There was no need for it. That was a Zinedine. Suddenly, suddenly you put your your own team it's in like, a situation. Bro, yes, it's three to that, nothing. Man. But you put your team in a situation to have to play down. Yeah. Knowing that these guys are gonna have to play a couple days later. So yeah. to their credit, they saw the game out. I thought there were a lot of bright spots. I thought our passing that led to all three goals were brilliant. fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I thought. Fuller and Balogun, uh, you know, on his debut playing the way he did uh, was really excellent. Yep. Uh, really enjoyed seeing the link up between uh, Gio, Eunice, and Weston in the middle of the field. Obviously, Pooley uh, did what he was asked yeah, to do, except for that one thing. time where he dribbled through the entire defense and then skied it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, it was positive. And, then, and then a couple nights later, they turn around and really... Canada was not much of a threat either. Boy. I, I don't know how strong either of those Mexican or, or Canada squads were. 
I, I do know that the team that we put out is probably about as strong as we can at the moment, yeah. save for you know, Tyler Adams being out there injury, and maybe your choice it would be to you know, not have Timothy Weah in a particular spot. But for the most part, that was a team that you would expect to see on the field for a big match. Yeah. Now there's a lot of the consternation about, you know, we're bringing a B squad or a C squad to the Gold Cup, blah, 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 blah. Well, we won well, a Gold Cup with that same group yeah, of players exactly. last time. Like, we didn't, yeah, have, we didn't have the top team. What's the problem there? But I think the big issue that, that U.S. soccer Twitter just can't quite get over right now is, you know, they, there was all the turmoil at the end of the Cup. No. They let Burhalter no. go. So they said they're hiring, you know, third parties and independent reviewers yeah. and blah, 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 and having a thoroughly thorough process for the whole thing only to not only choose to have Greg Berhalter come back but they announced it in the middle of the damn game yeah so that just raises even more questions yeah. and and makes you go what the hell does US soccer do does no one have plans no one understand how clock works so that's frustrating that said I don't have a problem with Greg Berhalter being no. a coach again so long as he has the conversations that need to be had yep. which is sit down with Gio and say hey man what went on with your parents and I has no bearing on you, yes. and I know people will be like, well, that's bullshit, he didn't play him. Well, he didn't play him because he wasn't healthy and wasn't there during the build-up to the World Cup. And he had built 12 to 14 guys that were a cohesive unit yeah. and said, these are the, these are my guys. And Gio wasn't part of that because he wasn't healthy. Go ask right. Borussia Dortmund how that went. Exactly, okay? right. So I, I think we can all move on and say, let, you know, we've had success. Anybody who says we haven't had success under Greg Berhalter, is it always pretty? No, not necessarily, but no. I'm sorry, everybody. We're not going to look like 2011 Barcelona ever. Wait. It's never going to happen. We are not going to play football ba like that. Barcelona. But what we are doing is creating kind of a rock and roll American style of get at you. Really moving the ball well. We've got guys playing for top level teams all around the world now, and it's coming together. Yes. Get out of the way and let it happen. Yes, exactly. I I couldn't say it any better, man. I think that people, you know, and unfortunately, um, if, if kids are watching, please, you know, mute it for the next five seconds. They need to get off of Burholter's nuts, man. Mm -hmm. they, they just do. The team wants him there. Pooley said he wants yeah. him there. Yeah. It's like, this guy needs to be our manager. And Okay, just let him be their manager. If you've got the team behind him, then half the battle's won. It's almost like a group of high-level, talented, professional players have developed a relationship with their manager <laughs> that brings the best out of everybody. Oh, that's awesome. And, of course, you know, Tanner sitting at home in his mom's basement. Did you just say Stopping his Twitch stream <laughs> so he could tweet out. Brock. Greg Burhalter's bounce passes and his Nike tennis shoes aren't cool enough anymore is garbage. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. It, 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 if, if you aren't willing to get behind this team right now, we've, we've just reappointed the manager. You can dislike yeah. the process all, yeah. all you want. Absolutely. It happened. Are you a U.S. men's national team fan or not? Exactly. And if you aren't, then I don't want to hear from you. It, yes. Yes. Go you, away. That's it. That's it. Battle cry. No. Right there, my friend. Well said. Well said.
Ladies and gentlemen, um, as you will notice in our uh, summer editions of our uh, broadcast, we, we tend to go a little shorter, um, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But I, I want to bring our attention to um, kind of where we were before uh, with the Evan and Aaron show. Uh, you know, the, the global game, you know, local lads talking about the global game. Um, it, it, it really does confront a lot of issues as well. Uh, you know, racism and uh, bigotry and all that stuff. And, and it's a great it's a great thing. But it gives us a platform too mm -hmm. to be able to discuss some things. Um, we live in an area mm -hmm. that is currently just taking books off shelves. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's a it's a sad thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's an incredibly sad thing. But and this is not the you know hey Aaron segment. This is not the final thought type segment. But I just wanted to kind of kick this around with you a little bit, bud. Um, you know when we when we talk about school libraries, mm -hmm. uh, you know that's one thing. And I still feel the same way. But we're talking about public libraries, now. right? Uh, what? What do you got to say to this, man? Like, what is going on here? Well, it's massively misguided. Um, you know, especially in school libraries. I, I have no problem with, with parents, uh, you know, taking the time to get involved uh, in, in, in their child's, you know, learning. Um, but so much of this is brought on by fear-mongering and um, a, a true lack of understanding. Are, are there possibly some books uh, that are age-inappropriate? I can have that conversation, sure. but you you see some of these school board meetings and people getting in each other's faces and you know I mean people are yelling at each over over at yelling at each other over a book about two male penguins and I have bad news for you people who don't know a lot about science. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Penguins are often gay. Yes. Yes. You didn't know that. Check you've, it out. You've come to the right place. Go to the Googles. But there's an awful lot here that's just silly. It's overreach. It is fear-mongering. Yeah. It's, it's othering. Yeah. Um, and because of how ridiculous a lot of these laws have been written, you've already seen a group fight back and exercise their right to, to be one lone person saying no one should be able to read this, and they got the Bible banned, which I think is hysterical. I think it's terrible. great. I think it's I, I don't, No, I don't think it's great. No, all because I do. It, it, it illustrates the stupidity and futility sure. uh, of these types of laws, but it's what these people deserve to get thrown back at them. Yeah. Um, and it, <laughs> the book does contain a, a lot of senseless violence. It contains incest. It contains rape. It contains Ezekiel slavery. Ezekiel 2320. Um, Check it out if you don't know what that is. Get into some Song of Solomon if you want. <laughs> I mean, there's an awful lot in there that, that you read it and you're like, I'm not real sure my five-year-old like, should be into consuming Bible? this. Holy so, you know, it, it's, it's just... It's silly. We're in a bad place right now. And the problem is, I don't, I don't know how, you know, we, we're starting to have these conversations that we had in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And I'm like, what? We've already kind of settled this. And if you don't want your child to read something, then all you have to do is say, I think this is inappropriate for my yeah. child. You, you place a little note with the school. And as far as I can tell, they're they're exempt from that. They'll, right. They'll get handed something else to read and yes. do the book report on on I don't know gay giraffes or something, not <laughs> penguins. But it it's really disturbing. 
And it's disturbing to see this as a movement. Yes. You know, uh, a, a really concerted movement effort. And unfortunately, Republicans are fantastic at kind of worming their way into the machinations of, of state and local government. And, and that's why you're seeing a lot of this happen. Um, you know, they're, they're afraid of the word woke. Oh, yeah. Yet they can't define it. Right. Um, they're afraid of transgender people, but... It, don't acknowledge they even exist. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's a really sad state of affairs, and it shows you what happens when we sort of champion uh, anti-intellectualism. And yeah. it's been going on for a very, very long time, and we're seeing it now. We're, we're seeing... We're seeing people, you know, more and more of these people in Congress who, who quite frankly, are just making fools of themselves every True. time they open their right. mouth on, right. on, on the House or Senate floor. Marjorie Taylor they, they absolutely don't actually understand the Constitution, uh, you know, uh, parliamentary procedure, uh, and, and just how the government is, is supposed to operate. And then you add in their sort of hypocritical, really harmful, backward-ass ideology. Ted um, I mean— Really hard to call yourself yeah. the the Family Values Party when more and more of your pastors and teachers, and police officers and firefighters are getting caught up in child pedophile rings. Yes, it's kind of funny. It, it, it's almost like whatever they're accusing the other side of is actually what they're guilty of. Exactly. Um, and I know everybody kind of always uses that no matter what side they're on, but man. It just seems more and more. So I'll get off my soapbox and just say um, it's a really, really bad trend. Yeah. I encourage more people to get out to their to their school boards. I don't have kids, but I want an educated populace. So I think I'll be showing up, and that's the last thing a lot of those folks want. So yep. Yep. get out, speak up, and say this is wrong, and we're not going to stand for it in our community. If you're in Hamilton County tomorrow night at the Noblesville Library at 6.30. At 6.30 is the uh, library meeting. If you uh, want to get out to that, that's great. Please highly, do that. Highly recommend it. Yep. 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 All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, what that has done is that has brought us to the Hey Aaron segment of our show tonight. Um, you know what? There's I'm no Aaron music. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. USA! <laughs> USA! <laughs> Oh, Belongs man. after that. Right? There you go. Okay, so Aaron, I did not give you, and, and here's a secret, a behind-the-scenes secret that I'm, I'm going to give away. I did not give you a prompt or anything about this. No. And I know that I posted about this on our site. Ooh. Oh, all right. The top three teams to look out for in the EPL season 2023 and 24. Hmm. Top three teams to look out for in the EPL for next season. And if you can, obviously, elaborate on that. Um, so I'm not going to name any of the typical like big four, big six kind of okay. teams because I, I, I think no matter what, they're going to be in the running. Chelsea's going to recover. Liverpool's going to recover. They will be in the hunt. Um, I think Newcastle is going to start causing some real problems, especially if they land Tonali from AC Milan. That shows some real ambition. That's the kind of guy that can come in and really elevate a team, much the way a Casemiro has done for Manchester United. Um, and, you know, they, they've, they've got a manager that they like. Uh, he seems to have a really good plan, seems to have a good relationship with the ownership group. Uh, in identifying players, they've not gone crazy. They've not bought like you know 25 guys and said, "All right, this is how we're going to do it." They've they've really maintained some good continuity. Um, and if they can upgrade 
uh, in, in a few positions. You know, maybe get themselves a, a more elite striker. I like Alan St. Maximin, but he's often hurt. He's very much like a, um, a Wilfred Zaha, too. Like Zaha, kinda, yeah. Kind of plays off that wing, yes. so he's not qu quite the natural uh, striker uh, as they probably need. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, the, if they upgrade Newcastle, I could I, – they will be in the hunt for a trophy late into the season. Can they sustain it? Are they there mentally or not? I don't know. But, you know, everybody kept waiting for this season for them to, like, hit hit that, you know, blip. And they, they had a mini one there, I want to say in maybe February, uh, March sometime, where uh, they, I, I want to say they went winless uh, right. for several weeks. Uh, but they righted the ship. And, you know, I, I, we were able to leapfrog them in the last two weeks of the season. Uh, but they were firmly top four oh, and, yeah. and, and very deserving. Yeah. So um, I, I'd be looking out for them. Um, I think um, I said Newcastle, didn't I? Yep. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's funny I'm mentioning Eddie Howe, uh, but I, I think Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth. Um, they have new owners. They have new owners. Um, they're on the south coast, so that kind of will make them an attractive destination for a certain type of player. You know, right. you're not finding yourself in the northwest or the northeast where it's just going to rain True. all the time. Uh, it's coastal. Uh, it's kind of resortish. Uh, it's right across the water um, from France. So, um, you know, I think they're going to be able to attract some players, um, and and they've got a lot of money, so they're going to be able, probably be able to do you know, some things that they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise simply because they've got yeah. big purse strings. They were impressive at times this season. They man. were. They're, they're, if they, it's going to be about consistency yes. for them, and that's difficult to do when you're bringing in new players. Um, so we'll see how they manage that. They did get rid of their uh, manager, Gary O'Neill, but mm. then uh, they brought in... Oh, what's his name? Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. Right. I Is gotcha. he Italian or something I like that? I got gotcha. you. Um, but, you know, that shows ambition as well. Uh, gosh, a third team. I'm going to say Aston Villa. Uh, I, mm. I think the way Una Emery had them playing toward the end of the year, if they start the season like that and can build that kind of momentum, um, you know, I mean, they were battling relegation when Una Emery took over, and all of a sudden, you know, they were what? Seventh, eighth place, something like that. So, Iraola, Iraola. Oh, okay. okay. For Bournemouth. Um, you know, I, I, I think all three of those teams have had, you know, injections of uh, money or managers or both. Uh, they're going to be able to attract some some top level players because of that. Um, you know, Villa's been a well run club for a while. So, I, I, I think right there, without saying any of them are actually going to win much of anything. I, I do think Newcastle's going to be in or there about the top four again. Mm. And I, I could see Villa pushing for yeah. it. Probably not quite there, but pushing teams. Uh, and, you know, Bournemouth could be a top half of the table team by the sure. end of the year if they get things together. So that, yeah. that's my three. Okay. Um, second part to that question. Yeah. Uh, the team is going to disappoint the most next year. Um, I think it will continue to be Liverpool. I think they are going to have wow. some real struggles. Okay. I, think, I think there's a, a lot of older players uh, that pretty much have to go. Uh, and, and if they don't, they the team will suffer for it. Um, Klopp might be reaching the end of this cycle for him. He, you know, it, either he brings in a lot of new players that he has a new influence on, or he may need, may need a new challenge somewhere. Oh, so. Wow. 
I could see Liverpool, you know, and they could just as easily come out and be a top four team again, really. But, it, you know, I, I'd, I'd punt five or ten dollars on Liverpool having a struggle next year. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that, you have it right there. That is the Hey Aaron segment of our show, which leads us to our final segment of the show, and it is Aaron's final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get there, let me just say this. Um, it has been, and I know it's coming, and no, it's not a jinx, but it has been an incredibly wonderful summer so far mm -hmm. um, in central Indiana. Yes. Guys, listen, if you're not out and about, you need to get out and about. Come and join us. We'll be here for a little while at Chatham Tap Fishers. We love you guys. Um, but, Aaron, uh, give us some give us some words, brother. I mean, beautiful day, things like that. There's still issues going on. Well, you know what I want to say is uh, I want to second that. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to give an example. Uh, we went to Wonder Road this weekend. It was yes. a concert at Garfield Park. It was a festival concert. Indianapolis doesn't get a lot of those. Uh, and honestly, we just couldn't have asked for a better day. It was about 82 degrees, nice light breeze. Um, some terrific bands. Uh, we saw local boys, Audiodacity. Uh, the dip were really nice. Uh, there was local natives. Weezer was the headliner. We didn't quite stick around for that because we needed to get the dogs looked after. But it was just an incredibly well put on festival. Uh, it's a second year for it. Uh, there shows no signs of stopping. It was two days, like I said, down at Garfield Park. Easy in, easy out. It was awesome, um, guys. Just, just really well done. Good food, good drinks, uh, and excellent bands. So I would urge you, uh, we got our tickets. I want to say we, we went ahead and bought tickets only a, a month or two after after it was over last year. So be on the lookout because we got super, super cheap tickets. I was going to say, we bought tickets like a couple weeks before, and it was like, ooh, man. Uh, I, I want to say ours were like 60 bucks for both days. Wow. So uh, take advantage of those deals. And remember, Indianapolis does have a lot to offer. There's a lot of great food. Uh, that's been coming up in the city uh, get out and about and uh, if you see a spot or you read a spot on uh, indie local foodies or something like that pop in support your locals and uh, doing that guarantees we have more of it so enjoy your city enjoy your state uh, enjoy the parks we were what uh, uh, oh um, was a turkey run Voted seventh best. Yes. State yeah. Tur state no, uh, uh, yeah. No. It was. Yeah, I think, it was Turkey. Turkey. One of our state parks was voted one yeah. of the top seven state parks in the country, or the seventh best state park yep. in the country. So very cool. We have a lot to offer here. Uh, it's very easy to get around once you're out of Indianapolis and not driving on these stupid ass roads. Um, <laughs> but yeah, enjoy. Uh, and um, for those of you who are into that sort of thing. A uh, new dispensary has literally opened right across the border in Illinois. Hey. So if that's your thing, uh, I would actually recommend going to Michigan. It's cheaper. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, get out and about and uh, come up and see us. Enjoy a drink with the two of us. Absolutely. And uh, you'll get to see our twin sisters. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so from Aaron and Yvonne, we would just like to thank you guys so much for watching us tonight. Listen, hit us up on all the socials. We are on the Insta. We are on Facebook. We're going to make Instagram tonight, We're going to make it. Yeah, we're going to make it tonight. So, guys, listen. Hit us up. We love each and every one of you. Um, we also, and I'll just throw this out here, um, we've got a lot of things in the mix going on. We've got a meeting coming up with some people, and it's going to be great. And, and, and the boys are back. I'm just so happy, man. I'm so happy. Guys, listen. We love you. Have a great night. Aaron, what do you got? Hashtag say gay. Hashtag black people vote. Deuces.